Listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Our fugitive has been on the run for 90 minutes. Average foot speed over uneven ground, barring injury, is four miles an hour. That gives us a radius of six miles. What I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. Checkpoints go up at 15 miles. Your fugitive's name is Dr. Richard Kimball. Go get him. What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rock Strikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. Okay, welcome back to the top 60 albums of 1993 here on Rock Strikes 10, part of our big overall super spectacular retrospective dealing in the year 1993. Let's get right back into the countdown. Coming in at number 50, a band that did very well on the countdown in 1983. And they're back here in 1993, and for good reason. Because Udo Dirk Schneider and the rest of Accept got back together in 1993 to put out their big reunion record here called Objection Overruled. And it's a fun record. Nothing groundbreaking, but just nice to hear Udo back in the band here. One of my favorite metal singers of all time doing respectably well here in the wacky, weird, wild west that is 1983. So to kick off the show, here is Accept from Objection Overruled. And here's a very good song off of that record. It's called All or Nothing. Oh, we should take 
kicking off the show here today and kicking off part two of the top 60 albums of 1993. I think I said 83 before I played that song. I was like, oh, well, fuck it. I mean, your brain somehow goes back to 1983 when Accept is in the house. At least that's how I feel. But yes, that was Accept with All or Nothing from Objection Overruled, their reunion album with the great Udo Dirk Schneider, Wolf Hoffman there bringing all the riffs in for this record. It's always... A perfect time in the metal world when those guys get together and make music together. Udo going back on tour. I can't wait to go see him for the first time. I I should have made this happen already by now. I should have seen him with Accept or any of those Accept-esque tours that he's done. But I will write that wrong. I'll go see Udo when he gets into my town. Barring the Apocalypse. That album was actually self-produced. I haven't been talking about a lot of the records and the producers so much on this countdown because I noticed when I was going into them, I always kind of tend to forget to say it whenever it's self-produced. That album was self-produced, and the one that comes in at number 49 also self-produced. And that's no surprise because number 49 belongs to Lenny Kravitz, who Lenny will definitely be a part of these countdowns as he's putting out his first four records, that's for sure, because I think the first four records are very solid. Of course, his third record here in 1993 was the big one for him, the Big Daddy, the big commercial success, all the MTV and radio play that you could handle with Are You Gonna Go My Way? And yes, hey man, that title track is still great. It's a classic, an instant classic, if you will. That song was so good right out of the gate, it should have already been played on classic rock radio from the word go. And I think it's weird that I don't hear that one on the reg when I dump into the classic rock radio. No one seems to be playing it, but they play fucking three doors down, don't they? Reprehensible. But back to Lenny, having his big moment here in 93 with Are You Gonna Go My Way? And well-deserved. Got a lot of talent there. Those first two records are really, really good, if not great. And this record pretty good also. I have no big problem with it. It's not Mama Said Great. But it's pretty damn good. It's an acceptable, successful album, as I like to say. I like all the singles on it. Believe was really good, too. Total throwback. And this one right here, the failed fourth single, which I'm a big champion of. Whether your third or fourth single is a failed single, usually I'm going to be a champion of it because it deserved better. I guess just, I don't know what goes on, man, unless you're just dealing with a monster, like a thriller. Or, or a teenage dream or something like that. I guess the label just gets album fatigue and they get the short attention span, so they move on to something else. But they should have kept it going for this one because I think this is a really cool song here. So much so that I'm going to feature it here as the representative on this countdown. So to represent the number 49 record, Are You Gonna Go My Way? This is Lenny Kravitz with Is There Any Love In Your Heart? <laughs>
Number 49 belongs to Mr. Lenny Kravitz with his album, Are You Gonna Go My Way? And that was, Is There Any Love in Your Heart? Those two titles right there, it's just fun to say them the way that he sings them. I've I've noticed this just in this last segment or two. But yes, let's go over to number 48 here on the countdown. As I was talking about some of those records on the previous part of the countdown, like a harem scarum, or a God Machine. This is kind of another debut in a sense. It's just a fresh sound to my ears because I never heard this album back when it was out. And I'm really digging it right now. So it performed very well on the countdown. And for these album nominations, it's just cool that something that I have no nostalgia for will do well on these things. And one of the major reasons why I do this for sure. Of course, I do it for me and I do it for the friends of the show. But let me know if you had purchased any of these albums that were new to me back in the day or had over the years this band right here i'm a shout out to our good friend sir chris riley out there let me know how far this is from your neck of the woods a band out of keely west yorkshire is a band terror vision and right here with their debut album in 1993 called formaldehyde really really digging this band and by the way terror vision one word in case you go look them up And if you don't know how to spell formaldehyde, that just means you do not work in a mortuary. And all of those kind of names would make you think, oh, this is going to be a death metal record. And judging the book by its cover, I'm like, this is going to be a death metal record. But man, was I in for a shock because it was not a death metal record. It might be a little metal. It's definitely hard rocking on the alternative side. But man... Once you hear this song, I feel like you're going to agree with me and be like, I totally understand why Joey put this on his countdown. So let's get to it right here. Here's a song by the band Terrorvision and my current favorite song off of this debut album here called Formaldehyde. This is New Policy One.
Some fresh new music to my ears right there via Terrorvision from West Yorkshire. Their debut album from Maldehyde, that was New Policy 1. Go check them out. And I was looking it up while I was playing the song. I see that a 20th anniversary edition of their CD of Formaldehyde came out on Cherry Red Records, which makes all the sense in the world. They specialize in melodic hard rock and, and good hard rock metal albums that are out of print, so... Hopefully that edition is still in print. I'm going to go check it out as soon as I finish recording this episode. So yes, now coming in at number 47 is this band's third and last album. I will say, I think all of their records are really good. Sad to see a band hang it up, but it seems to me, I mean, I'm sure they thought the band had run its course and they weren't going to get taken seriously coming from the late 80s scene and everything. And I know that the two principal players in this band went on to do other stuff, which is nice. Talking about Shotgun Messiah and their third record right here, Violent New Breed. Of course, if you were a fan of their first two albums, perhaps the third album might be a bit shocking to you. Them coming in heavy with the industrial type music. The stuff that Al Jorgensen and Trent Reznor were finally getting into the mainstream by the early 90s. I didn't really have a big problem with this sound. I remember hearing some songs off of it when it came out. And obviously it's definitely a mass leap from a song like Heartbreak Boulevard, which is one of the great hard rock songs of all time. But I was digging this type of music in the early 90s, and I still dig a lot of it. And listening to this record again for the first time in a long time, still thought it was kind of cool. I mean, some of it's a little dated, but I had fun with it still. So there you have it. I'm a Shotgun Messiah fan. They can... Do no wrong by me. I have no problem with all three of their records. Yeah, and I know that Tim Scold would go on to do other stuff. I know he did a stint in Marilyn Manson's band for a while, and in a completely different type of move, Harry Cody, the lead guitar player, wound up playing guitar for Tom Waits, if you didn't know that. But yes, fun facts aside, let's get into the music from Violent New Breed. So check it out. This is Shotgun Messiah with Monkey Needs. Go! 
All right, Shaga Messiah right there with Monkey Needs from their third and final album, Violent New Breed. Doing rather well here on the top 60 albums countdown of 1993. And I got to mention this before I let this go. It's just Tim and Harry playing on this album, but also the producer of this album also has like a programming credit because it's all synthetic drums, yes. And even with all the synthetic drums and distorted vocals, the song structure is still very much Shotgun Messiah. So if even if you strip that all down, it's still Shotgun Messiah material as far as I'm concerned. But I can't let this go. Great name right here. You always got to point out a fun name. The producer on this album, his name is Ulf Sandquist. Ulf Sandquist, so yes. Probably a fellow Swede, along with the rest of the band, who knows. But yes, good job on the record, man. Thumbs up. Much better than Billy Idol's attempt to go industrial. Not the worst album of the year, but probably in the bottom five of albums that I listened to all the way through. Yeah, Cyberpunk, it's not completely terrible, like a lot of critics will tell you, but it's not great either. So there you have it. In case you're wondering if Cyberpunk was going to end up on my countdown, it is not. But this one is. Band from Seattle right here. There's a shocker in the 90s. Really cool band out of Seattle called Alcohol Funny Car with their second album called Time to Make the Donuts. And weird band and album titles aside, really, really dig this record. I remember exactly how I got into this band. Much like a handful of bands that put out records in 1993, there was a soundtrack to a movie that I, I dig the movie, actually. It came out in 94. It's a movie called Brain Scan. Starring Edward Furlong and Frank Langella, believe it or not. It's a fun little movie from the 90s. Go check it out if you like sci-fi horror or what have you. But there's a killer 90s soundtrack that goes along with that movie. And this song that I'm going to play for you that also comes off this record here from 93, Time to Make the Donuts by Alcohol Funny Car. It is absolutely hands down one of my favorite songs of the entire decade of the 90s just has that thing i just love this song and it is pure 90s so what else could i say from said album this is shapes
All right, yes. Love it, love it. And the rest of the record is pretty damn cool as well. But the big anchor on that record for me is that song, Shapes, the album opener from Time to Make the Donuts by Seattle band Alcohol Funny Car. And I kind of messed up there before I played the song. I realized immediately what I did, but I didn't stop down because I'm a professional. You just act like you know sometimes. Act like you belong. That was their debut full-length album right there, Time to Make the Donuts. They put out an EP before that, and they put out one other full-length album a couple years later called Weasels. So I am very curious to see if Weasels is going to make the cut here when I get to the 95 list. But stay tuned. I'll let you know in a couple of years. Now coming in at number 45, this lady right here, this legend, a Hall of Famer, someone I finally got to see for the first time live a few months ago. And it was a great show, but I probably got COVID out of it. There's <laughs> a lot of weird ramifications and stories involving this show, but once I do a show about going to see that particular show live, I'll talk about it more in detail. But Pat Benatar... Coming in hot, 93, with, I think, easily her best album in a decade, at least from an overall sense. She always had good singles, but this was her strongest album, I think, since Get Nervous. Gravity's Rainbow in 93, co-produced by Neil Giraldo. I've heard of that guy. And this guy, Don Gaiman, who I believe I mentioned that name on something on, on one of these countdowns. I have no idea what album it would have been for, but... Just looking over his resume here a little bit, a guy who's definitely just known for kind of folky, middle-of-the-road kind of acts like Mellencamp and Hootie and people like that. But I, I like the way this album sounds, and it's just a cool little record, a little gem in the catalog of Pat Benatar from her often-ignored 90s era. But give this one a chance if you never have. It's a good record. And this one right here, I remember when this song hit radio... And I was like, damn, that is good. One of the best vocals I've ever heard anybody pull on a song. So I got to play it. And the, just in case you haven't heard this song, the launch single from Gravity's Rainbow, you got to hear it and you got to turn this one up. Probably along with Invincible and a few other songs, of course, this is an upper echelon Pat Benatar performance right here. So without further delay, this is Everybody Lay Down.
Oh man, what a boss vocal that is. And a great song to boot. Everybody Laid Down by Pat Benatar from Gravity's Rainbow. How could you not have enjoyed that? If you like rock and roll music, I don't know how you don't enjoy that. Good stuff. Okay, coming in at number 44 right here. A band that I've gotten into over the last few years. It's one of those bands that my former coworker and good friend Steve put this band in my hands and was like, check them out. If you like power pop, you'll like this band. And he was right. So a band I'd always heard their name and never checked them out, but I righted that wrong a few years ago with the Posies. And their record here in 1993, their third album, called Frosting on the Beater. Boy, that really takes me back. Who doesn't love freaking Frosting on the Beater? So already we're in a good mood just hearing the album title. And it's like just slightly heavier than their previous albums, but it's got that alterna power pop thing still going on. So... Definitely a really cool, worthy gem here in 1993. And a lot of instantly likable songs on here. This probably being the best overall, in my opinion. So to get you, hopefully, into the posies as well, this song right here is called Flavor of the Month. Posey's right there from Frosting on the Beater. That was Flavor of the Month. Hope you enjoyed that. Sonically and musically, that's peak 1993 right there, if you ask me. Okay, coming in at number 43 here tonight on the show is this band right here. And like a lot of other people, I was massively guilty of only owning and knowing and hearing one album by this band. And that was their big breakthrough album called Bloodletting. I believe that was 1990. But yes, Concrete Blonde, apparently they never stopped making good records. So I got to go listen to all their shit now because yeah, I was happy to see them on the nominations list for sure. I was like, okay, we'll see how they're doing here in 93, a few years after their success. And man, I got to say this album probably on par with Bloodletting. I definitely don't hear a massive drop in quality. And they still got a killer hard rock edge to them in a sense, even though they're supposed to be kind of a hip and cool alternative band with some goth adjacent leanings. And there's a lot of stuff going on. But at the end of the day, apparently they're just a good damn band. And Jeanette Napolitano, which I believe I'm saying that right, 
a cool singer, got a cool, sensual, sexy voice about her. And she sang a song about me one time. Okay, <laughs> but yes, this album right here in 93, Mexican Moon, which I would have swore that Chris Sangarides also produced this album as well because it's got a similar sound and feel to it. But no, it was apparently self-produced by the band uh, along with a guy named Sean Freehill. But if you haven't heard this record, I can almost guarantee you that the song I'm going to play for you here will pique your interest. So why waste time? Here's Concrete Blonde with Heal It Up. Yes, yes. So, as we like to say in the biz, that's pure musical flight right there. Once that song kicks off, just pure flight. And that is 
killer, killer stuff right there by Concrete Blonde. Heal It Up from Mexican Moon, which uh, another interesting note about this record, the title track, which is a good song, also gets reprised at the end of the album and sung completely in Spanish by Jeanette. So if you like to hear a sultry woman singing in Spanish, then this is your record. Okay, so... Yes, and in case you were curious, be like, Joey, how do you rank these albums and say one is better than the other? And to that answer, I'm going to give you kind of almost a wishy-washy answer in a sense where I, I don't, like I do put these in some sort of order, but as I've said on past countdowns, sometimes it's just pacing and how I like to build a show a little bit because honestly, this entire part of the countdown Pretty much point-wise, as the previous episode, they all pretty much came in at the exact same points as far as how I scored them. So if you think one of these albums is better than the other on this particular episode, then that's fine because I, I tend to agree with you in a sense. It was hard for me to put this in any kind of order, but that's my answer. So there you go. Okay, the next record right here, the second to last entry here on this particular part of the countdown belongs to a completely different type of band because we go from New York City all the way down to Alabama for the debut album by definitely one of the shining stars of Southern rock music in the 90s. And that would be Brother Kane, the great Damon Johnson leading right here, their debut self-titled album that did come out in 1993, Fun fact, produced by hitmaker Marty Fredrickson, which that was a surprise to me. Marty's got a hit resume a yard and a half wide, and it's a cool record, man. I'm sure, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, I'm sure most of you listening have at least heard Got No Shame off of this record. And if you haven't, I mean, you're going to need to go listen to the album anyway after this. But I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that you've all heard that song so i would like to go deep on this particular album because this is my other favorite song on the record killer killer song right here so here is damon and the boys brother kane with how long
Coming in at number 42 right here on our top 60 albums of 1993 countdown. That was Brother Kane from their great self-titled debut album. That was my favorite song on the record called How Long. Go listen to that record if you never have. All right, our last song of the night and coming in at number 41 on our album's countdown is this guy right here, this motherfucker over here. And I always say that because kind of an arch nemesis of mine because I am kind of jealous of this guy because he looks like Elvis and he sings like Roy. And just with that description, you might even know who I'm talking about. But yes, Chris Isaac put out his fourth album in 1993 called San Francisco Days. And this was the follow-up to Heart Shaped World, which was his massive breakthrough album. Now, Heart Shaped World had come out, a lot of people don't realize this, because this album didn't really hit until like 91, 92. Even though it was in the Wild at Heart movie, it didn't become a hit until a couple of years after. And so if you were like someone who was already following his career, you had to wait a few extra years for him to put out the follow-up record here. And this is the follow-up to 89's Heart Shaped World. And from the approach here and just the mood of it all, I feel like Chris was even just thinking, you know, I don't think I can follow up that massive hit, so I'm just going to play the kind of music that I like. And that's the vibe that I get off of it. And I I dig that because with this kind of music, this kind of throwback retro Sun Studios kind of music, as I like to say, the early days of rock and roll, all you got to do is just roll tape and not suck. And that's what I dig about this kind of, it's primitive, isn't it? But it's cool. And yeah, this is one of those records I can put on and I know what I'm getting out of it and just gives me a good vibe. So I'm going to play this one right here. This is kind of some bonus representation here of the year 1993 because I'll spoil this on the very last part of the album's countdown. But if you want to go look it up and get a spoiler, this song I'm going to play off of San Francisco Days is the end credits song to my favorite movie of the entire year of 1993, if not of all time. But here is Chris Isaac with Two Hearts. The stars in the sky The night seems so dark around you You won't say a word Wonder why no one's found you waiting for love, praying for love again. Love's a heavy weight. Give it to me, don't hesitate Love's a heavy thing Too heavy for one heart to bring me your love Give me your love again It's not your fault One heart can never win It takes two hearts Two hearts just a whole love Two hearts Hearts just to hold your love Your love And if your heart should ache Remember me And if your heart should break Two hearts Two hearts They can mend it Heartache Heartaches can be ended by love By love Love's a heavy
See what I mean? Yeah, see what I mean? This motherfucker over here. But yeah, okay. Closing off our show here today and coming at number 41 here on the top 60 albums of 1993 with his album San Francisco Days. That was Chris Isaac and the song Two Hearts. So it's fitting right here that the song that closes out one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie of all time, also closes off this part here of the countdown and the show for the day. Yes, we'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, you're pretty sure we'll be back tomorrow. Breaking into the top 40 here of the top 60 albums countdown. Got nowhere to go but up, so come along with me. Hope you're enjoying the ride so far. But until then, stay tuned for my better half, Nola, with the plugs. Followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10 and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high quality, soft as heck, next level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris where cinema's trash is treated like treasure, and the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on Sirius XM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business, Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. Game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it.